Our gospel lesson comes from Matthew. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes, they are in the royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit who sustains us. Amen. So whenever I was reading the gospel story for this week, I couldn't help but thinking about the gospel story from last week. And I don't know if you were here last week or not, but we read from Matthew, um, I think it was like chapter 3, and today we're in Matthew chapter 11. And last week it was all about John in the wilderness. So we're going to talk about last week's John. John was in the wilderness, and he was wearing camel's hair and eating locusts and wild honey, and he was very confident And he was yelling like he had a megaphone, right, in the wilderness. Repent, repent, prepare the way of the Lord, make your path straight, right? Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. The one who is coming after me, the one who will baptize you. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. That's what John said. I'm not worthy to hold his sandal. The one who is coming. And so last week, John was very confident, almost like on his high horse, right? And then to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he calls them a brood of vipers, right? He's not happy to see them. And so this is a very confident, a very assured John. He knows who Jesus is, and he knows he's the forerunner, the prophet making way for the one who is to come. And then this week, a few chapters later in the same gospel, we get a totally different picture of who John is. We get a John who's incarcerated. He is in prison. He's alone. Um, He seems kind of dejected. Um, He seems very unsure of who he is and who God is and what this all means. And when he's hearing about what Jesus is doing, he asks this question. He tells his disciples, please go ask Jesus this question. Are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? So we go from John saying, he is the one who is to come, right? He's the one who I'm making way for, to John saying, but are you though? I'm not so sure. He flips very quickly based on his circumstance, based on his struggle. And this is a yes or no question, right? Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Um, But to this yes or no question, Jesus, as Jesus does, gives 
not a yes or no answer, right? Jesus often gives parables to yes or no questions. In this instance, he gives kind of a three-part answer. In the first part answer, he talks about the kingdom of God. He points away from himself and towards the ministry that's happening in the community. In the second part, he talks about the wilderness and how the people were searching in the wilderness. And then in the third part, he talks about who is the greatest. And so in the first part, in this kingdom of God part, instead of Jesus just saying, yes, I am the Messiah, he says, go tell John what you hear and what you see happening here. He says, the blind have received their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus doesn't point to himself as the Messiah, but he points to the ministry that's happening in the community. He points to the restoration that's taking place. He points to people on the margins being healed, being brought into the fold, brought into community. And maybe when John hears about all this, he's not so sure because this isn't quite the Messiah that folks were looking for. We know that in the Jewish tradition, the Messiah that they were waiting for was often a warrior, a great warrior who would take down their enemies, right? Not somebody who would meet the sick in the margins and associate with those who are considered unclean. It's not the type of Messiah that they were expecting. And then the next part Jesus talks about, well, why did you go into the wilderness in the first place? Did you go searching for a reed that blows in the wind? And of course, a reed was one of the symbols for Herod's power. And so Jesus is kind of taking a stab here at the political structures of the day. Did you go into the wilderness looking for power? For a leader who could sway one way or another based on the circumstance? Is that what you went into the wilderness looking for? Did you go into the wilderness looking for fancy robes? Because you can find those here in the city. You can find those things in the palace. You go into the wilderness to look for a change. You go in the wilderness to look for something different, a different way. You go in the wilderness not looking for power, structures, and oppression. You go into the wilderness looking for prophetic voices who point to a new way to a different way. And then the third way that Jesus answers this question is he, he starts talking about greatness. And he says, of those born among women, of those here, no one is greater than John the Baptist. Even in his doubt, no one is greater than John the Baptist. And then he says, but the least of these are greater than John the Baptist. So the math isn't really mathing there, but... In God's kingdom, all are great, all are beloved, all are worthy of God's love. And so we talk a lot in the church about doubting Thomas. But this week I've been thinking about doubting John. And I'd never heard that before. But I think that we have the perfect example in, in John here of the struggle and the doubt. Because you see, John, he has unmet expectations, and I don't know about you, but I have really high expectations all the time. And when things don't meet my expectations, it's a hard thing to cope with, right? And so he has expectations about who the Messiah is and what that looks like. And that sure as heck doesn't look like him being in prison for being the forerunner, right? That's not his expectation. And when he's in a difficult time is when he starts to doubt, when he starts to wonder 
who God really is. And I think that's so relatable too. When, when things are good, when our life is good, we talk about how blessed we are, how amazing God is, right? It's so easy to do that when things are going well. But when things are hard, when things are difficult, that's when we begin to wonder, why is this happening to me? Who is God? What is going on here? Why is there so much suffering in my life or around me, right? That's when we begin to doubt. But in this, also John, even though he is going through a hard time, even though his expectations weren't met, even though he's doubting who Jesus is in this story, the truth is that Jesus still talks about how great he is behind his back, right? Jesus still sees him as beloved, as worthy, as great, even in his lowest point, Jesus sees him in the highest way. And I think too often in the church, we talk about how faith and doubt cannot go together. How if you have doubt, you do not have faith. But I don't think that's true at all. I think doubt is an aspect of faith. Doubt is a component of faith. Without doubt, our faith is so stagnant. Without doubt, our faith is the same as it was when we were five years old. Without doubt, our faith doesn't go deeper. It's through our doubts that we learn more about who God is and what that means for us and who we are in all of this. It's through our doubt that we see the world and we truly see the, pe the suffering around us. Because the folks who don't doubt, if anyone tells you they don't doubt, I wonder about how apathetic they are to the suffering in the world. Because how can you see so many people struggling and not wonder what's happening or why? Um, my favorite contemporary song is called Raise Up. It's by a queer artist named Similar. And in one of the verses, they talk about how the, there's so much mystery in who God is and in the universe. And the, and the last line of that verse is, there is courage in doubt. And then Similar goes into the chorus, which just talks about raise up, raise up, raise up. And then it says, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. I am justice and all that is right. Carry on, carry on. And I think what Similar is trying to say here is that no matter what our faith journey is like, it always comes back to the chorus. That God is the truth and the life. God is justice and all that is right. Carry on, carry on. Don't lose, don't lose courage. It's okay to have doubt, but carry on with it. Keep digging deeper. Keep looking out. Keep taking risks. Keep seeking the uncharted waters. And that's where the growth happens. Because God is the same no matter who we are, no matter what struggles we're going through. And this Advent season as we carry on towards Christmas, as we wait and we watch for the coming of Christ. My hope for you is that you know you are loved in your not knowing. In your uncertainty, you are loved. God is talking about how great you are behind your back right now. No matter what you're going through, no matter how much doubt you're carrying, no matter if you don't know how on earth you're going to get ready for Christmas in two weeks. No matter if you don't know how on earth you're going to make it through the next day. 
No matter if you don't know how on earth you're going to hold on to your faith in the midst of your doubts. No matter if you don't know how on earth we can get through this season of suffering in our world. No matter if you don't know how on earth our church is going to get through this season of transition. No matter what you're not knowing is right now. God sees you in it. God loves you in it. And God is not afraid of our not knowing. God is not afraid of our doubt. God is the life and the truth. God is justice and all that is right in the midst of it. God is the same no matter what we're going through. And God is there for us no matter what we're going through. God is the same God that heals and brings restoration and brings hope. God is the same God that shows up as a baby in a manger, not as a king on a throne or a warrior mounting a horse, that shows up as a baby in a manger and meets people on the margins, bringing restoration and healing and hope in the midst of their struggles and their doubts. And God is the same God who names us and claims us as beloved, no matter what. Amen.